to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I am your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode 10. So much going on. The Hospital Sixers are on an absolute roll right now. Shake Milton was robbed of the Eastern Conference Player of the Month. DeJounte Murray remains to be a clown. The Utah Jazz have cooled off. The Minnesota Timberwolves are a mess. The NHL absolutely robbed the New Jersey Devils of their winning streak. The Utah Utes are a miracle team, and they're headed to the Pac-12 Championship. The Birds are 10-1, and and Dale Murphy belongs in the Baseball Hall of Fame. How's everybody doing? That's a lot of info. We're going to cover all of it. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not one of my favorite holidays, but I actually had a lovely one this year. Did nothing, which was the best. <laughs> watched, hung out with family and watched football, ate some food. That's what it's all about. I hope you all had a lovely Thanksgiving as well. We got to start. Let's start at the top. We got to start with the Sixers. It uh, they They continue to impress everything that they do. So clearly, as we all know, the injury bug just ran through this entire team. Took them out one by one. James Harden was first. Tyrese Maxey. Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Furkan Korkmaz, Matisse Thybul, all of them. And dudes stepped up. The Sixers have won three out of their last four games since Joel Embiid went out or missed. And it's a total team effort. It's, it's one of the more fun things to watch. Now, even if you're not a Sixers fan, there's no denying what they're doing is awesome. And shows what we've all heard the entire offseason is that this Sixers team actually has depth. This roster is deep. Tobias Harris stepping up and balling out. DeAnthony Melton doing exactly what we thought he would do and more. Shake Milton just getting meaningful minutes and producing. Paul Reed actually showing up. George Niang, shout out the minivan himself, has been amazing. Even Furkan is getting into the mix. Now, the Sixers did exactly what they needed to do, which was just weather the storm until Joel Embiid came back. He is questionable for the game against Atlanta. And if they can get through this little stretch without him, and he really does come back, win three out of four, yes, they played Orlando. I don't care. That is a win. That is a huge win. There's this stat that's been going around Twitter that's actually really fascinating that the most minutes played by second-round picks, it broke down the teams. Guess who's number one? The 76ers. With 2,101 minutes played, the next closest team was the Spurs at 1,671. That is a huge margin. So looking into it, DeAnthony Melton's a second-round pick. Shake Milton's a second-round pick. Paul Reed's a second-round pick. Montrez Harrell, George Niang. All of those guys are second-round picks. That is awesome. You know how rare it is to draft a guy in the second round who actually ends up playing? Not just makes the team, but actually plays and contributes? That is such a rare thing. And the Sixers have a ton of them. They got a whole lineup right there. Pretty awesome. So let's start, let's start with those second round picks, and I want to talk about it. The minivan himself, George Niang. Niang is shooting 45% from three this season. That is his role. That's exactly why he was brought to Philly. That's exactly what he was brought to Philly to do. Now, something that is shocking is that he is also shooting 56% from two this season. The improvement 
that this dude has made putting the ball on the floor, I cannot even stress enough. He's not only putting the ball on the floor and getting past dudes, he's finishing through contact. It's unbelievable how much better he's gotten. Watching him play in Utah, there his very last year, getting minutes in the playoffs, he became unplayable. Yes, the playoffs are way different than the regular season. I understand that. But he was 100% unplayable. The second he put the ball on the floor, it was a turnover. He is a night and day different player. And it's awesome. It is awesome to see. Rich Hoffman of The Athletic, he wrote an article just barely uh, about George Niang this year. You've got to give it a read. It's amazing. The dude is balling out right now, and it is awesome to see. He's one of those dudes that's impossible to root against. I have a buddy who's a Jazz fan. Uh, it's actually his birthday today. Shout out, Skitty. Um, but he does not like Niang. And I think it's hilarious because how do you not like him? Look, when he played for the Jazz and had that rough playoff stretch, I understand. Totally get it. I did not like him. I understand the frustration. I get all of that. But what he's doing right now, given the current circumstances of the Sixers team, he's impossible not to root for. Unless you hate the Sixers, then I guess I get it. But shout out Niang. Unbelievable. Any dude whose nickname is the minivan, like that's a given that you just root for him. Shout out Niang. What a guy. Jumping down the list. Shake Milton. Okay. I, I mentioned it earlier that he was robbed of Eastern Conference Player of the Month. It, we've only got a small sample size, and I'll go through the numbers here in a second since Maxi went down the last five games. We know what Shake can do. We've seen it in the past. That run he went on in 2020, unbelievable. It was otherworldly. It was kind of like funny, like, wow, what do we have here? We know what he's capable of. Since Maxi went down, Shake has scored 27, 16, 22, 24, 29. He's playing some of the best basketball of his entire career. As I mentioned, that run he went through in 2020 was amazing. He dropped 39 at the Staples Center. The, back then it was called the Staples Center against the Clippers. Paul George is screaming at his teammates for help. Like, it, it was something I remember watching the game perfect. He was unbelievable. But he's not just scoring this time around. Just barely against Orlando, he dished out a career-high 10 assists. Shake is doing what we hoped he would do. But I, I'm not going to lie, this whole next up mentality and, and Harden getting hurt, Maxi stepping up, him getting hurt, Shake stepping up, it's not something I saw. I, I'm going to be honest, it's not something I saw at all, but I am not complaining because I love it. Shake is the man. It's going to get very, very interesting, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, with everybody getting healthy. How is this going to affect things? Because there are certain guys you have to get minutes for. And we'll, we'll go over that in a bit, but let's keep going down the list. Tobias Harris, he came back from his own injury. He's dropped 24, 19, 23, and 25, playing like Tobias Harris. De'Anthony Melton, his last stretch, 19, 22, 20, 13, 11. How about this? Steals, five steals, three steals, four steals, four steals, three steals. What the hell? <laughs> That's that's unbelievable. Melton has been, we've preached it a million times. He was the most underrated pickup this offseason, and he can, continues to improve and continues to prove that fact every single game. Also, he's out of the mud. B-ball Paul Reed, his last little stretch, 19 points, 10 boards, 6 points, 8 boards, 7 and 7, 12 and 13. And he's had 7 blocks throughout those games. Even Furkan is getting back into the swing of things. He's been out with his own injury. 
just barely against Orlando. He had 17 points, was 3-for-3 three three from 3 in the highest minutes that he's got in a long time, playing 25 of them against Orlando. This team is meshing. It's gelling together. And it's awesome to see because all the stars are out. Now, this clearly isn't the answer, right? All that this team needed to do was weather the storm until Harden, Maxi, and Embiid come back. I saw some, he's probably 12 years old, saw somebody on Twitter who's like, hey, when Maxi comes back, they need to bring him off the bench and you need to look at trading either Harden or Embiid. Like, come on, come on, little buddy. Your parents might not know that you have Twitter. Let's run that by them. Terrible idea. Everybody wake up. This team's doing what they're supposed to do with their stars out, but everybody needs to pump the brakes. If Embiid comes back against Atlanta, great. Maxi's not far behind and Harden's also not either. But that is going to be the tricky part. And it's really going to show and fall on Doc Rivers' shoulders. You have to stagger these minutes when this team is fully healthy. How do you do that? You have to get Shake Milton minutes. There's no argument against that. You have to. So it's going to be very, very fascinating to see because that's three ball-dominant guards with James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Shake Milton, who you have to get minutes for. Plain and simple. you got to make it work. And I'm, I'm, I'm very fascinated to see how it happens. But what a good problem. What a wonderful problem to have. Now, speaking of problems, the Sixers take on the Hawks Monday night on NBA TV. And the problem being, I've talked about it a bunch. We all know I hate Trey Young. But since this offseason started, I hate DeJounte Murray. He is a clown. Total clown. A couple of days ago, playing it's Atlanta against the Houston Rockets. And, De, and DeJounte and Trey are just clowning the Rockets. The biggest one that, that I cannot believe nobody took offense to, like during the game, is DeJounte Murray hits a three at the top of the key, full-blown smacks Jabari Smith right on the head. They're showboating, they're clowning the Rockets, and guess what? They ended up losing to the Houston Rockets. That's what you get. Shout out my guy Garrett Hadley, tagged me in something. Just I, I, I can't even believe that they've like taken on this, at least DeJounte's taken on this like villain role. He was this humble, quiet guy playing under, under Popovich. I guess that's what happens. But when you play under Popovich in San Antonio, you just kind of fall into the system. You don't really have a personality. And maybe we're seeing that for the first time. But I can't stand it. I don't like him one bit. And Trey Young, I, I feel like a broken record because I talk about Trey Young the same way every single time he comes up. I should like him. In theory, I should really like the guy. A tiny guard who just launches from three, of course, I should like him. But I don't, and I never will, all because of that series against the Sixers. I also hate how he draws fouls. It drives me nuts. And yes, I know that's funny to say as a Joel Embiid fan, but I can't stand Trey Young. Anyway, Sixers take on the Hawks. I hope that they, I hope Embiid comes back. I know, I don't think I mentioned him earlier, but Matisse Thibel has also been hurt. I think they're both questionable for that game. So hopefully they're back, and hopefully they can put a stop to this showboating and this absolute clown that is DeJounte Murray. Anyway, next topic. And that's the Utah Jazz. I've talked about it a couple episodes, but what we're seeing over the last four games, which the Jazz have lost, very winnable games, I might add. You don't lose to the Detroit Pistons. And anybody who saw the end of that Phoenix Suns game, they just didn't foul at the end of it, and they lost. I don't know. Mike Conley is out, and obviously that's huge. Mike Conley is, no matter what team he's on, he's the glue that kind of holds everything together. They're 12-10. and 10. 
they are well on their way. It's still early. And I, I don't love to make predictions and stuff, at least until you're like 30 games into the season. I feel like that gives you a good gauge. But the trend that they're going on now is kind of to that no man's land. And that scares the hell out of me. I hope it doesn't happen. We've seen what the Jazz can do at their best. But now I think every NBA team can see what the Jazz can do at their best. And they're prepared for it. It's not like, the, oh, Utah comes in here. They don't have any big names. Lori Markkinen drops 35 on us. Like that, the, the league knows what to expect when Utah comes in. You, they're a handful. And they know that. So they're getting teams' best efforts. And that, that kind of sucks. So I hope they can get it back together. I don't know how much longer Conley's out. But that is going to be a big key and a big problem. And I really, really hope that they do not continue to trend downward into that no man's land where they're not bad enough to be a lottery team, but they're not good enough to make the play in. We'll see. Time will tell. Like I said, they've what played 22 games. We need to get to that 30 game mark before we can actually make a real judgment. And I still firmly believe that they start trading pieces away, but we'll see. Now, speaking of trading pieces away and the Utah Jazz, what is going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves? I hope you all saw that play against Golden State the other night where Rudy passed it, or I'm sorry, Cat passed it to Rudy, kind of on the elbow a little, which is hilarious because Rudy was like spaced to try to get out of the way of Cat. He falls down. Draymond's laughing in his face. Clay goes down, hits a pull-up three. This Minnesota Timberwolves team does not mesh at all. None. We know that Rudy has no offensive game, none whatsoever. And a funny little comparison, honestly, is when Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were on the floor together and you put Ben in the dunker spot and kind of let Joe do his thing, but space out the floor just a little bit. That's exactly what happens when Rudy and Cat are on the floor at the same time. Either Cat is way stretched out and is playing at the three, sitting at the three-point line, and Rudy's just down low, or they're kind of just jammed together like this specific play I'm talking about on the same side of the floor, where you can't give Rudy the ball. He is not an offensive weapon at all, unless it's a putback or an alley-oop. That's it. You cannot give him the ball. It's really, really, really bad, and it's looking terrible every game that Minnesota plays. It looks like Utah and Danny Ainge absolutely fleeced, fleeced, robbed blind the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're 10-10. and 10. And they're, the thing is, they've been relatively healthy. They just don't play together. They don't. D'Angelo Russell's played some of the worst basketball in his career. He had a terrible stretch there. Anthony Edwards, who I love, just looks like he's not in it. It, it, it just this, this Minnesota team is very disappointing because coming into the season, especially after the Rudy trade, they made some good free agent moves. I thought, hey, this team is actually going to make a big jump here. And they have not. They have been a total bummer, but this needs to be talked about more because the combo of Rudy with Cat is bad, but Rudy and this just this team in general is not good. It isn't, and that sucks, but that's, that's the truth. Okay, friends, by now you know I'm a huge fan of Griffles Plasma, but you may not know why I'm a fan. I mean, when I started donating plasma, I literally had no idea why I was giving where my plasma went, who it helped, if anybody, none of it, nada. But later, my dad had surgery and complications that he battled for like 14 years. That's when I learned all about plasma. And my whole family got on the plasma donation roster. Why? 
because plasma makes medicines. And anyone, you, me, a friend, family member, heck, even an all-star shooting guard, anyone could need plasma medicine at any time. So if you're looking to help somebody, if you want to show your good side, give plasma. Sure, you get compensated every donation, but this is about so much more. Learn how plasma helps people and find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. Tell them Josh sent you. This advertisement is a paid promotion. There's genuinely few things I love more than a quality shirt that represents my squads that I can wear any day of the week. My guys over at Die Hard Addicts have some of the best Philly sports shirts you could ever dream of. Whether it's the Sixers, the Phillies, the Birds, they've got you covered with all things Philly sports. We're not talking those like cheap, thin quality shirts either. They've got heavy duty, good quality graphic tees that are money. I just scored the Princess Diana shirt for her wearing that Birds jacket. Couldn't possibly love it more. Hit them up on Instagram at DieHardAddicts or visit them at their website at www.DieHardAddicts.com. When you find something you like, use code JOSH24 for 10% off your order. Diehard Addicts, providing Diehard's custom gear to support their addiction. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? Are you tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those you should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of Northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. So we've talked about this before. We need to talk about it again. The New Jersey Devils, I'm a big fan. They have had a franchise best, well, were on a franchise best, 13-game win streak. They had a home game against Toronto last week in which the Devils scored four goals and still lost 2-1. to one. How does that happen? Let me tell you how it happens. Three goals were called off by the refs. One of them was a kicking motion. Okay, I get that. That's always a judgment call. Did he actually make a distinct kicking motion? For those not familiar with hockey, you can't kick the puck into the net. And the other two were goalie interference. One of them extremely questionable. The other one, okay, I get, whatever. To have three goals called off in one game is truly unbelievable. There was a stat that said through 20 games, the New Jersey Devils had 11 goals called off. That has to be some sort of record. I'm not familiar if it is or not, but that is an alarming amount. I I truly can't believe it. So the Devils end up losing 2-1. to one. Fans are pissed. The winning streak's over. They're chucking stuff onto the ice. Terrible. Obviously, what a run. Extremely fun. This team is really good, and they bounce right back. They've won their next two games, including a uh, first, my favorite player, Jack Hughes, had his first career hat trick. And uh, fans were throwing stuff onto the ice then, but they were hats, and it was welcome. Can't get over it. I, I don't think the NHL screwed them, really, but it's fun to talk about. Um, but that stat of having 11 goals called off through 20 games, that's absolutely insane. They play Monday night against the New York Rangers. Shout out my other best friend, Riker. He is in New York for work. He's going to be at that game. And shout out my boy, Zach, from work, who's also going to be at that game. Anyway, there's the Devils. Now we have to talk about this. True miracle by every definition of the word. We talked about this last episode of what needed to happen for the Utah Utes to make it to the Pac-12 championship game after their absolutely embarrassing 
performance against Oregon, and they still only lost by three. 15% chance of making it to the Pac-12 title game going into this weekend. We start off, UCLA beats Cal. Tighter game than I would have liked, but they did it. They did their job. They beat Cal. Thank you. The biggest question mark of the day was, could Oregon State at home beat Oregon? Oregon State scored 28 points in six minutes, and they came back, <laughs> and they beat Oregon. Unbelievable. They didn't even throw the ball. They just ran it down their throat, and they win. Utah ends up killing Colorado. It all falls down onto Washington's shoulders to win their uh, their rivalry game against Washington State. Really fun game. I'm not going to lie. It was very stressful because we needed Washington to win. Stayed up, watched the whole thing. Pac-12 after dark is always a mess. And Washington ended up pulling it off. The miracle happened. Utah is headed to Las Vegas to play against USC for the second time this season in the Pac-12 championship game. I have to give a shout-out to Washington's quarterback. Penix, I think is his name. He transferred from Indiana. That dude, he's lefty, has a cannon. Absolute cannon, and he is dialed in with his receivers. I am so happy that Utah didn't have to play them this year. He is unbelievable and really fun to watch because they just dial up and just aerate it all. I love it. Huge Washington fan. Huge Oregon State fan. Utah USC this Friday. I will be there going down with friends. We went last year. It was a blast. Let's hope that we get another glimpse of that this year. And it's all going to fall on Utah's quarterback, Cam Rising. He got banged up in that game against USC the first go-around. He's been wearing a giant knee brace ever since. It sucks. But if we get a little glimpse of what Cam Rising is in this game, look out. It's going to be a shootout. Utah's defense is unbelievable. It's all going to fall on that defensive front, the D-line, to actually get pressure. Because if you just give freaking Williams time to bounce around and dance back there. He's going to make big plays happen. We've seen it before. He's most likely the Heisman. He's probably the best quarterback I've seen play in person in college football. And I can't wait. I think it's going to be a shootout though. And it's going to be high scoring. So let's go Utes. Can't wait for that. The Philadelphia Eagles, the birds, baby 10 and one, a very speak a shootout. A very high-scoring game against Green Bay. And the birds pull it out. <clears throat> Excuse me. I get, I'm getting so emotional talking about this. <laughs> it was big win against the Packers. Home game, Sunday night game. Uh, some injuries on the defensive side of the ball, which you don't love to see in Gardner Johnson. Slay was out for a little bit. I think Slay's okay. I know that Gardner Johnson was out with like a rib injury. No update on him yet. Uh, shout out the offense. Jalen Hurts ran all over the Packers. Most rushing yards by a quarterback and an offense straight up in franchise history, which was surprising. When they flashed that stat up on the screen, I was very surprised that Michael Vick never did that or Randall Cunningham never did that. But I love it. Hertz is just adding onto his case for MVP. And I love it. I love he's a humble dude, clearly. He hasn't talked about the MVP one bit. The Eagles haven't talked about it one bit. But his boy, AJ Brown, he talks about it. He's his biggest fan. And speaking to AJ Brown. We've got an A.J. Brown revenge game next week against the Tennessee Titans. Look out. He's got. He's going to have a massive game. Thank goodness I have him on my fantasy team. I still can limp into the playoffs, and I'll talk about my fantasy team next week. He's going, to, But he's going to have a massive game. I think he has multiple touchdowns over 100 yards. Birds all advance to 11-1. Love it. 
keep an eye out for it. How how I haven't talked about fantasy football really is truly unbelievable. So that'll change though. And uh, we'll dive into it in my sorry joke of a team uh, next week. So I want to end with this. Now, I don't talk if I'm not just saying this, but like if a company or somebody approaches me and was like, hey, I want to like work something out, whatever. I don't just say like yes to everybody. And that's not like a cool brag. It's only because I only want to be associated with and talk about things that I'm actually passionate about. Right. Like my guys at Die Hard Addicts and their T-shirts. Uh, Griffles, because I actually have experience and I've donated a lot of plasma in the past. Uh, Beehive Turf, like things like that I actually am passionate about. And so I want to run with them. And this is one of them. I was approached by a family friend who's like, hey, you want in on this? And I said, absolutely, 100%. And that is, why the hell isn't Dale Murphy in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I, I genuinely want to know. We're going to go over some stats here in a little bit. And yes, right off the top, of course I'm biased. I'm good friends with his daughter, Maddie. She was on a, the Bad Broadcast. She was on an earlier episode. She's one of my favorite people who I've ever met. One of the funniest people I've ever met. Played basketball and am buddies with his son, Jake Murphy. I know his son, McKay, Taylor. Like That whole family is just as good, down-to-earth, genuine people as you'll ever find. And I'm not just saying that. Like They, they genuinely are that way. And they have been that way since I've, I've met them and went to high school with them. But let's talk about Dale for a sec. Now that we've got the fact that I'm biased uh, out of the way. Dale Murphy's resume. Let's just look at it. He's a seven-time All-Star, a five-time Gold Glove winner, four-time Silver Slugger, won the Roberto Clemente Award. He's a Braves Hall of Famer. They've retired his number. Basically, during his stretch in the 80s, Dale was Mike Trout before Mike Trout. Like, seriously, realistically. Like, there's no argument. I'm going to read the stat. It's unbelievable. During his 1983 MVP year, it's the only time in Major League history that a baseball player has compiled a 300 batting average, hit 30 or more home runs, 120 runs batted in, 130 runs scored, 90 bases on balls, and 30 stolen bases with fewer than 10 times getting caught stealing. Like, what, what are we doing? How is he not in the Hall of Fame? Now, his daughter, Maddie, told me a story. I just have to say it because I thought it was hilarious. Um, and maybe I'll get part of this wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the details of it. That Dale, when he got his first sponsorship, it was with like Louisville Slugger, I think. They, they just to show how wild times are back then in the 80s and now, they offered him $1,000 or a set of golf clubs. We have come a long way. Long way. I think he took the golf clubs. I'll have to check with Maddie on that one. But like... That's that's just a crazy story. All my Philly listeners out there. Yes, Dale played for the Braves. Also played for the Phillies for a little bit. Fact check me there, but I know he did. John Cruck, Philly legend. Like, you can't find a person who has anything bad to say about Dale Murphy who knows him. One of my favorite quotes about Dale of all time, they asked John Cruck at the All-Star game, and basically John Cruck described everybody there. He said, 24, mor 24 morons and a Mormon. Talking about Dale Murphy. <laughs> amazing. Clearly, he's an amazing baseball player. He's an even better person. Has an amazing family. That aside, his numbers alone, he deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. There's no argument against it, truly. I don't know a single person. Like The fact he hasn't been voted in yet is unbelievable. But I'm all, I'm all aboard the Dale Murphy in the Hall of Fame train. 
I'm sitting there in the front. Like this is, it's unbelievable. I'm going to be pushing out some more, put Murph in content. If you agree with me, share it. I would love that. Let's spread the word. It's just ridiculous. He should be in the hall of fame. I'm going to play a little audio clip here uh, from this campaign that I'm helping push. And uh, it's just about getting Dale in and why he isn't. It doesn't make any sense. I'm going to put the video on my Twitter and my Instagram, but uh, here's the audio. I wanted you guys to hear it first. You'd think that a man who'd won consecutive major league MVPs, golden gloves, silver sluggers, a man like that would be remembered for the things he had done on that dirt diamond. But ask anyone about Dale Murphy, the first thing they'll tell you probably has nothing to do with baseball. Because baseball never defined Dale. He just happened to be the best in the world at it, for a moment. And while Dale probably doesn't care one way or the other about the Hall of Fame, we do, the fans. We're the real suckers. The ones who bought the jerseys, the baseball cards, the hot dogs. We're the ones who stood in line holding hats with Sharpies to our hero. Because let's be honest, not every hero did it the right way. What Dale achieved was dwarfed by players who took shortcuts. And for a man who wouldn't so much as sip a beer or even swear, we know damn well Murph did it the right way. Truth is, it isn't Dale's legacy that's in question. So there you have it. I love it. I'm fully on board with this, pushing it big time. Let's get Dale into the Hall of Fame. A little segment that needs to be brought back just because of popular demand and the positivity and happiness and everything that it brings is my tiny little segment with my daughter. So uh, sure enough, we brought her back and she has a fantastic story to tell that she just learned in church this week. So here you go. I am hi. back and joined with my daughter, Millie. Millie, say hi. 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 How are you today? Good. Good. Uh, Millie has a story for us all. Okay, tell us. He ate him? Is this the... So, the whale swallowed Jonah. And he ate him? Yeah. And then what did the whale do to Jonah after three days? He spit him out? Oh, that's amazing. He did what? Oh, at the aquarium you saw a whale? Yeah. Oh, do you love whales? Yeah, whales. Yeah. <coughs> oh. So, um, and then, Whales and penguins and sharks at the aquarium? Yeah. And came um and sharks and then sharks and came um And penguins, that's right. Do you love the aquarium? And penguins. And penguins, that's right. Wow. Okay, say say bye to everybody. Bye. Love you. Love you. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't get better than that. Luckily, I'm here to translate, too. I don't think anybody else can understand her. But anyway, that's all I got. Another great week ahead. Um, I hope that you all have a fantastic week. 
Hope the Sixers keep winning. Hope I come back next week with some amazing news about the Utah Utes headed to the Rose Bowl for the second straight year. The Devils just continue to roll. Let's go. I love it. I love sports. Life's good. You're all great. Love you all. Have a fantastic week. And uh, that's all, folks.